trying to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jaja, homie, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey, this is escape. Then where the pod? Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. Man, it's been a while. It feels like it's been a while because uh, it has. Uh, I've been away for a few weeks and uh, all the episodes that have been dropping over the last couple weeks has just been uh, things that Blake and I recorded for uh, for this big long trip to a galaxy far, far away. And uh, we got uh, Darian and uh, Ben joining us on the podcast tonight, uh, possibly appearance with Ellen as well. And uh, we've all had recent experiences uh, going to Galaxy's Edge, so... Not only that, we're going to celebrate three years by uh, talking briefly about the podcast. And uh, that being said, let's get into it. Another happy landing. All right, welcome back to the podcast, guys. Thanks so much. It's great to be back. Chut, chut, is that what they say? That's right, chut, chut. This is my first time actually like in the physical presence of the new podcasting room, and I feel very, very cool. <laughs> you might you might know I sound a lot better, too. Yeah, we've renovated the podcast. It's uh, it's a bit better in here. We got, we got things on the walls now, things on the shelves. Uh, we got a big on-air sign. Yeah, I remember when it was like five people sharing a mic during the Mandalorian discussions, and now I got my own. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it, right now it's in the afternoon right now, so where we are recording in the uh, in the escape pod. So as uh, they would say on uh, Black Spire Outpost, uh, rising moons, or uh, uh, what else would they say? Uh, bright suns, good morning, afternoon. <laughs> Either one of those would work <laughs> for this time of day. Yeah. Um, but uh, before we talk about Galaxy's Edge, actually, we got a bit of a celebration because um, as of August 30th, uh, we just hit three years of Star Wars Escape Pod. So, uh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Where's the, uh, where's the audience? There it is. Incredible. There it is. So uh, I figured we'd start off by uh, just talking about uh, maybe our favorite memories, any particular uh, favorite episode, sub-series, perhaps uh, something that was said at one point that changed a perspective or really unlocked a new understanding. Um, just kind of what, what kind of memories um, do either of you have that may pop up when you think of Star Wars Escape Pod three years now? I mean, I have a couple. I can start. Um, I think the biggest thing, I said this before, the biggest thing I've taken away from this podcast is if I have children, they will be watching it one, two, three, four, five, six. And I remember listening to the podcast. I was buying an NES from a guy on Craigslist and I was meeting him at a mall and I'm there waiting in the rain in my car, waiting for this car to show up. I'm listening to the podcast and I hear the argument of, I, of Josh saying, the emotional impact of Anakin turning to the dark side is better than the emotional impact of darth vader being luke's father and i was like holy crap he predicted 
my argument and I was like fully like, there it is just changed my mind and now I, now I go on to preach the truth to other people <laughs> I love it that's great that's great I've, I've got to give you uh got to give you the audience on that one thank you thank audience you audience choice um uh, Darian what about you I think um Ben I don't know if you can relate to this but I just feel like multiple times I've only been on the show a couple times but every time I'm going on someone tends to ask me like oh what are you doing tonight or something I'm like, oh i'm going on a star wars podcast and it's just like so random that, like yeah. you're like what there's, there's a star wars podcast out there so i think it <laughs> yeah and yeah. it's really talk to someone on the plane uh on the way home uh from galaxy's edge actually about the star wars podcast and i was showing him the links and stuff so nice uh, i'm a new fan it ends up being it ends up being a funny conversation that there's even a star wars podcast out there and there's actually lots of them and yeah. I don't know the fact that you let everyone come on the show and just people that don't even someone like me, I don't read all the content and stuff, but I can still, I don't know, have a good time and listen to the podcast. And yeah, you know, Star Wars is for everyone. That's, that's the thing, right? Like there's all these different levels of how hardcore like people can get into Star Wars. But, uh, you know, one thing that's like kind of a common flow between all of them is like people just love Star Wars. You know, people love talking yeah. about it. Right. So, uh, you know, they're bravo leading the crowd uh, of sharing the show on the on the plane. You know, tell them, tell people about it. Well, yeah, I'm just thanks. trying to get the commission right that we talked yeah. about. Speaking <laughs> right. of speaking of hardcore, one of the most legendary times um, when I was on the podcast it was one of my first times on. It was during The Mandalorian. And we were talking about it after. And so we would watch the episode and right after we'd talk about it. So there was no, you know, pre-reading to things. And so it was right after. And Josh was like, this audio sounds like the audio that came from the, um, oh, what was it from? It was a very random... It's like the Ewok special. It was like from the Ewok series. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. And he looked it up and lo and behold, there was like an homage to the same like musical riff that played in this Ewok special. And I was like, oh my goodness, there's no way I'm ever going to compete with someone who can offhand recognize musical riffs from Ewok specials. What am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, you know, it takes a, takes a unique mindset to, uh, I guess, pick out Ewok special as like, you know recent re recent memory i feel like a lot of people may have not seen those since the 80s i don't think most people knew that there was an ewok adventure series i didn't either i i didn't uh this was boy back in 2005 or 2006 and a good friend of mine his name's diego and he was actually co-host of uh the podcast yeah. for a little while leading clone wars talk when we were doing that sub series and uh, he comes over i think it was my birthday or something like that he comes over with dvd and it's the remastered or or the uh, the reissue of Ewok uh, Adventures, which is Caravan of Courage on one side of the DVD. You flip the DVD to the other side, and you had the Battle for Endor, which is the second one they did the year later. And uh, I was like mind blown. I was like, "Is there Star Wars out there? I haven't seen yet." And this was before the whole kind of Disney acquisition, before yeah. the whole reset of the canon. So for me, this was like, "Dang, this is more of like the expanded universe that I haven't." kind of gone mm -hmm. into it. It was, it was amazing. And, uh, you know, it was Ewok Adventures, so it wasn't anything <laughs> crazy, but uh, I was like, this is this is kind of cool. Like, it's Star Wars that I haven't, didn't even know about. And um, not in the same way that people don't know about the Holiday Special, because, yeah. you know, that's, like, purposely buried. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the Holiday Special gets riffed on a ton. Like, it's in the Weird Al white nerdy music video of, like, oh, man, the Holiday Special is something he loves, and it's, like, contraband. But... 
I think the mediocrity of Ewok special is what sells that. No one even talks about it that it's bad. It's just so under the radar. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of always remained a, a really weird piece of uh, uh, a good memory of Star Wars for me, which which remains to be a critically kind of despised part of Star Wars as well. But, uh, you know, people people there's people out there who love the holiday special. Like, I think it's... Uh, I think it's John Favreau. He loves he loves the holiday special. I don't I don't know why. I think I haven't, he, I haven't seen it. So it. maybe we should do a watch party that. Yeah, I mean, this is the guy that's giving us the Mandalorian and all these other lovely things. So mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, his love for a holiday special hasn't you know. It must be like a nostalgia thing or something. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. think my favorite thing is just seeing the Luke Skywalker there, which is actually Mark Hamill. And seeing the CGI Luke Skywalker from the Mandalorian, and somehow the CGI looks more real than actual Mark Hamill from <laughs> the holiday special. I don't know how they did that. <laughs> uh, well, I have a story about about the podcast. It was uh, it's been brewing for a long time. Me and uh, Blake and I we 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 were thinking about it for years. Uh, this was, goes back maybe to 2014, um, something around there, and uh, maybe 2015. And uh, I even made the account. I made the, the account on the, the host site where our show is like hosted. And then I made the email for it and everything like that. It was ready to go. We were just kind of brewing. It's like, how do we approach this? You know, how do we go about doing mm-hmm. this show and uh, make it fun? How do we make it different, unique from other Star Wars podcasts out there? Because, I mean, now, now it's a booming industry. Now they're close to 4,000 Star Wars podcasts, which is a crazy number to think of. Yeah. But uh, you know, there's some bigger name one out there. Like, how can we be unique? How can we keep it fun? How can we get our friends involved? Um, how do we make it not super boring and kind of like just educational? Like, cause you know, there's YouTube videos out there that do summaries of stuff. Like we don't want to be that and we don't want to be this. Like, what do we do that that's unique? Right. So, um, eventually it just kind of fizzled out and sadly we just sort of put on the back burner and then we just didn't do it. And then years went by. It was it was like I kept on listening to more and more podcasts, and then I listened to uh, uh, one of my favorite shows is Smallville, and uh, Lex Luthor on the show, Michael Rosenbaum. He started up a podcast called Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, and uh, I was just like, you know what? This has nothing to do with Star Wars, but like I'm inspired. Like this is a, this is a great podcast. <laughs> like I'm inspired. And uh, more recently, he finally did uh, a one called Talkville, which is rewatching with Tom Welling. Smallville mm-hmm. episodes uh, week by week, and they talk about it. And it's the first time they've actually seen a lot of these episodes because they didn't yeah. really have an interest in watching their own show, right? So uh, it's been great to kind of like follow his stuff, but um, it's just kind of continuously kept me inspired to like just do this thing. And and so as well, when whenever I hear other people go like, you know, I love the podcast or I love coming on the podcast, or whatever, it's just like you know, it was exciting, it's fun. Yeah. Um, so finally, one evening, I sat down and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I just got like, you know, whether I have Blake's involvement or not at the beginning, I'm just going to start with putting together a musical intro. You know, I just found an evening. I was just kind of like, you know, I've got the feeling that I can do this now. Let me just like throw something together. And, uh, we had, um, we had, I, I had a temp track in the, uh, audition in the, uh, the tracks that were, uh, I was planning like the intro music and it was, uh, it was this one, as you know, uh, the uh, I'm Han Solo from oh Star Wars God. Connect. <laughs> I recognize I was so proud. I was like, whoa. Yeah, and I just started downloading different like little audio clips, little sound effects here and there. And uh, I was like just throwing it all together. And I was like, yeah, I'll replace the song at some point. And I found myself buying a microphone, doing the intro, publishing it out. And I was like, okay, well, that's it. It's out there. And, uh, 
And then it kind of kind of caught after it, like hearing it so many times because I, I had to I re-edited it, you know, a bunch of times after hearing it so many times. I was like, it kind of stuck. So it just kind of became permanently part of the intro. And uh, that was that I was kind of hooked. So uh, we just kept going, uh, brought a buddy on of mine, Diego, um, who was simultaneously kind of kind of longing for more George Lucas Star Wars. And I and he hadn't seen Clone Wars. So I said, well, why don't you come on? We'll, we'll watch Clone Wars together. We'll do an after show. It's going to be great. And uh, that's kind of how we, we got started. So uh, here we are three years later. And uh, it's great to continuously have uh, such amazing people on kind of week to week. So do you have like a favorite moment or like what's the time you had the most fun on the podcast? Oh, most fun I've had. I mean, I have a really good time running those Star Wars trivia nights. I don't oh, know. Yeah? Like, I know, have you guys partaken in any of those? I actually have to I've listened to them. I haven't partaken. Okay, all right. We got to get you on next time there, Darian. <laughs> I have one apology. There's one that I say that Exegol is the Sith homeworld, and I got Exegol and Korriban confused. And I remember that was the end of one of the trivias. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Everyone's going to think I'm an idiot now. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm so stupid. And I was like, man. And I was just I was thinking of Korriban from the Old Republic. And... I was like, Exegol, yeah, yeah, Old Republic, Sith Homeworld. I remember Ben Lacton made a joke about it. And then I was like, wait a sec. Oh, my goodness. I got the question wrong. Oh, I think I got the question right. I think I guessed. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, my goodness. But after that, I've always felt bad. Because I remember winning that trivia and still saying that. I was like, oh, man, people think I'm an idiot. And I won based on luck, which I did win based on luck. There's some tough questions on there. I think we're approaching uh, 200 questions. I always kind of, if I think in one, I just, just throw it in there. Like always mm. add it to the list and it gets jumbled up in the in the hierarchy of difficulty whenever you go up a tier, yeah. you know, answer a question right, you go to the next level of difficulty. Uh, but it's fun. We're going to have to play that again at some point. Um, but yeah, and thanks. Uh, thank you both for sharing those stories about three years. I guess uh, if we get Ellen hopping on, we'll have to ask her as well. But um, otherwise... Yeah. I mean, let's kind of uh, transition over here to uh, Galaxy's Edge. All right, so uh, I've got a document here which, uh, which has uh, a variety of points that I wrote down for, uh, for Galaxy's Edge. Numerous amount of things. So I'll just kind of start and work our way down to uh, to the part. Were where you taking sure. notes while you were there, Josh? <laughs> I actually was. But uh, um, <laughs> the part that I wrote down here is actually just a brief intro to Galaxy's Edge. And then, uh, and then we'll get into the part which involves both you guys and uh, everyone listening at home. So uh, just a little bit of history on Black Spire Outpost uh, is the location that you go to at Disneyland, for those of you who don't know, um, Black Spire Outpost is where the Falcon is docked. It's where you're walking around. Uh, it's the location on a planet, which is called Batu, And uh, Batu is a planet in the very far reaches of the Outer Rim. And uh, it's very well integrated into the canon now. Um, Batu has made, uh, and specifically Black Spire Outpost, as well as other locations, um, has made uh, their... Uh, uh, appearances in Thrawn Alliance's uh, a Marvel comic miniseries called Galaxy's Edge. Uh, it showed up in a novel by the, the Del Rey. It was Galaxy's Edge Black Spire, as well as young adult novel A Crash of Fate. Uh, there was even a VR game called Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, and uh, that was a whole kind of RPG experience, which was really, really cool. There was short stories that took place in the High Republic on Batuu at an old Jedi 
uh, temple there and and a variety of other things so you know there's there's so much stuff that that they've kind of done to try and integrate this fictional location into the canon there's even been attempts outside of the canon there was a sims 4 expansion for galaxy's edge like <laughs> i think it was like two years ago or a year ago that they did this um so they really kind of tried their their best at making this place as familiar as possible to people uh, there's a couple books for fans to pick up here and there. There was a, a Traveler's Guide to Batu. Uh, did either of you guys pick up uh, Traveler's Guide to Batu? It's like an interactive book if you go to the park. No, I never got that. I did not. Okay, uh, so there's that as an option for people. There was the official Black Spire Outpost cookbook. And uh, there's basically, there's a book which is basically a really high quality brochure. It's called Treasures from Batu. It has a bunch of knickknacks in there. And uh, it's basically a, a pull-out thing. It tells you about each location in the park. It's a glorified brochure that people actually have to pay for. Yeah. Um, and then there's a, a book in line with all the other concept art books that they've been doing for games and whatnot. Um, it's called The Art of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. A lot of concept art they use there for designing the park. Um, but there's numerous locations in the park to go to, including two amusement attractions and multiple different restaurants and shops. So we're going to run through the list. And uh, I know you guys may have prepared uh, a score out of five, maybe. Um, uh, I don't know if I mentioned whether or not to score out of five. But um, but yeah, we're going to list uh, our Pablo points for, for what we thought of each of these experiences. Uh, five being the absolute best, zero being... I thought it was kind of a waste of money and uh, <laughs> everything in between. So uh, let's start off with the amusement attractions. Uh, maybe, Ben, you can get us started on uh, Star Wars Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, which is a simulator ride in which guests pilot the Millennium Falcon. Okay, I will say, whenever I tell people about this ride, I say this is one of the best ideas executed okay. Um, in that if you are the driver, it is a blast. And so I've done the ride as every role. So if you haven't been, you are in the Millennium Falcon. And there's six people there. There are two drivers, two engineers, and two gunners. And the drivers, are, and your goal is to basically steal coaxium um, in the Millennium Falcon. And so you basically have to take it from a train. And it's, it's, it's really fun if you're the driver. If you're the driver, you're either piloting up and down or sideways. And it is you're having a blast. You have to try and get behind the thing, get behind the drain and dodge TIE fighters and different obstacles and things like that. It's super fun. And you also then have like this giant lever lever to take you to hyperspace, everything like that. Super cool. If you are the gunner, you will be holding down a button and it automatically fires. I think there's a way to like kind of do it so you aim. But overall, if you want to, you just hold down the middle button and then it just automatically targets all tie fighters near you and of note they're on the side panel so it'll be either be on the right or left so you're kind of like looking to the right as you're trying to look forward and then you might be on if you're the engineer you basically have to hit certain buttons that glow if your ship takes damage and then you also have to shoot the harpoons to seal the coaxium so that's a quick rundown of it I've done it. If if it's if you're a driver, I would say it's a four, maybe a five. I love interactive things. I think it's super fun. Um, rides that you have control where you get points are my favorite. At the same time, if you are the gunner, I would say it's like a two. Um, and I think the difference in your role is massive. If you are going and you only have one time to ride it, I would 
do whatever you can to like let people ahead of you if you know you're going to be the engineer or something like that and try to get to be the driver. Um, but it definitely, it definitely is a game changing experience. Also, if you have a sucky driver, you will get, you could get like, you know, motion sick. Yeah, because you get scored at the end of it, right? Yeah. Like a video game. Yeah. And so I've done driving and I did it with my brother and it's pretty fun. I wish they gave you a little more instructions. And I did it with my sister who does not play video games. And I was trying to like tell her what to do. And she didn't understand it was an interactive thing. And after repeated times of saying it's interactive, she's like, she thought I was joking. So... I was told it was really fun for everyone in the back of me just yelling at her. It's like, please stop crashing into things and just try to like take over control so I don't die. But overall, it's it's super fun if you're a driver. The other roles are okay. Darren, what are your thoughts on uh, Smuggler's Run? Smuggler's, what is it? Smuggler's, smuggler's yeah, Run. Smuggler's, smuggler's Run. run. Uh, well, first of all, there is a single rider line for this ride, um, which is nice because if you want to just kind of skip through the line. Um, but like Ben said, that gives you no choice in your role as you just get put where there's room. Um, I honestly like the queue line of this ride more than the ride itself. Like I thought like that's already, that's foreshadowing right there, but like the, 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 the animatronic of Hondo, I thought that was like oh, super cool. Incredible. Yeah. Um, and I also, yeah, just loved all the detail, like walking up to the ride. And then as when you're like waiting to like go in, like, I don't know, like you're in the Falcon waiting, like, and then you get put in like a boarding group, I think. And then mm. you, go into where I don't know what's it called the control center is like yeah the car where the steering yeah. wheel is yeah and all that kind of thing so in my opinion yeah if you can ask me the pilot I've done that before you just say like I want to be the pilot and they'll just maybe make you wait or two like one or two boarding groups but definitely worth it if you're the pilot I would give it a three out of five and if you're not I would give it a two I just I don't find the graphics that good um like Ben said, like if you have a kid or something piloting it, it's just no fun because you just keep right. crashing and it's just like bang, bang, bang. Right. Like to give you context, so I've been to Galaxy's Edge three times now. And on this next, like most recent trip, I didn't even bother going on Smuggler's Run. I'm just like, mm, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, uh, I think something happened with the connection there. Oh, I think we lost him. Oh, rip. Um, I'll talk a little more on the queue while Josh figures that out. If you have the Disney Play app, Throughout the line, there's kind of like crates because you are, you know, doing an illegal shipping operation. So there are crates where you can like scan and there's a little mini game throughout the line, which is kind of cool. Usually the Disney play games are like pretty boring, but this one's probably one of the better Disney play games going throughout the line. So that was kind of cool um, of note, just adding to the line was definitely really cool. I, my sister, mother sister, when we were in Disneyland, um, asked me if the Hondo animatronic was real. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> you have not been to parks recently <laughs> yeah it yeah is a really impressive animatronic yeah it, it is a very impressive uh animatronic i was uh, and you know they of course they got the original guy to do the voice and everything like that mm -hmm. but i was watching his robe because he wears like that red cloak yeah. right and and you know obviously like seeing an animatronic that is just wearing clothing and stuff is so yeah. cool because like whenever he moves like you know that it's just like moving like as he's kind of doing his thing, right? So yeah. uh, I don't know. I was just like, wow, it, look, it just looks so real. Like, you know, it's, it's great. So uh, the interactive windows, you see the Falcon kind of coming and docking, mm -hmm. right? Um, of course, like when you're going through the lineup, like Darian mentioned, like, uh, you know, you get to see the full-size Falcon out the window and, you know, the thrusters kind of turn on every now and again and turn blue and you hear the roar of the engine and... 
it, it is really quite something. But yeah, I think uh, for me, uh, Pablo points wise, I gave it a three just because I was going off of a simple uh, uh, grading system there. But I think I would agree with you guys in the sense that um, it's uh, it's definitely like it depends on what position you have in the in the ride experience mm-hmm. itself and pilot being the best. It's yeah. also a ride where if you know everyone on there, it's way more fun. Yes. If you're like an entire team, I did it one time and I have a big family and there's six of us on there. It was a lot more fun. I did another time where it was me and someone else and we were both engineers and way it's definitely the one that has the highest has a higher high and pretty low lows. Gotcha. Um, all right. So uh, our second attraction in the park is Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, which is a dark ride in which guests are involved in a battle between the First Order and the Resistance. Um, Darian, want to kick us off with this one? What do you think of this? Well, how many Pablo points? Um, I'm going to give this one a four to start off. Actually, did I do 4.5? Uh, I think maybe I would do 4.5. Like, first of all, I'll talk about the queue line. Super cool. Well, the beginning part, you just kind of threw it like in some sort of a cave kind of thing. And in Orlando, you're thankful because you're out of the sun. (laughs) And, um, basically if I remember correctly, you end up boarding a ship. That's why are you in the ship again? The, The first ship you board. So, yeah, so you go through this room where Ray and BB-8 kind of brief you on a mission. And uh, yes, Poe Dameron, right. po Dameron is there as well. And he kind of mixes his uh, comm system. And, and his X-Wing is sitting out on a landing platform that you have to walk past to a shuttle. And when you get on the shuttle, the shuttle simulates as like it's taking off. And Poe is actually behind you. And it's through the windows. It virtually shows him yeah. also, you know, flying off. And he it shows him on the video screen on a different monitor somewhere. And yes. It's amazing. Yeah. Like the the whole simulation so, of the shuttles. Amazing. I guess, yeah, yeah, it's important to know that, that there's so there's one room where you go into because like Disney's big on like their queue room. So there's one room where it's like Ray and she's kind of briefing you. And then you go into the shuttle. Are, are we allowed to do spoilers? Spoiler alert. I, th- I think I think we can we can safely. Yeah, because this of... one's definitely a little more spoilery than. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not about the experience. This one's kind of the storyline's cool. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so basically, um, the hologram. Once you're, the hologram. Yeah, right? that was the that was cool. The hologram effect yeah. paid off really yeah, well. The, hol- the hologram looked great, and then even um, what, what was the guy's name in the the shuttle? General something. General. Uh, the the guy in the shuttle was he, oh yeah I forget his name he Car he's or the, something uh, General Car the, the Mon Cala guy yeah. the uh, the Calamari yes. guy yeah. yeah it's a trap yeah it so it was it Akbar <laughs> no it yeah. wasn't Akbar yeah, it was, but it was, it was the same species yeah it was yeah. it was a Cala but I, I don't know also yeah. also looks super good Nine Num um, Nine Num is also a co-pilot in that ship which oh. you know the uh, you know that guy <laughs> yeah. was like, yeah, on the Falcon and the uh, Return of the Jedi uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, then you, you get captured. Um, and what's cool is like when they, when you get captured and they open up the doors, it literally feels like you're in space. Like there's like tons of stormtroopers, like maybe 30 that do like their fingers move and stuff. So like they are animatronics. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's like a big door with like tie fighters flying by and stuff. That's the coolest part of the ride. I think the simulated part of space where it's like ships are flying by and the star. It literally feels like you're in space. And then, like Smugglers Run, you get put into like boarding groups. There's some more waiting, um, and then yeah, you end up going on the ride, and it literally feels like you're like going through a spaceship. You see like so many familiar characters. Like you keep running into Kylo Ren, and uh, Finn is there, unfortunately, and it's just oh, you like Finn? Whoa, <laughs> I'm not a huge Whoa. Finn guy. I like Finn, but like the the ride, like 
it's not like super fast, but it's just like so entertaining. And there's like one part where you go into an escape pod and you like drop. Yeah. Like there's just so much to it and I'm sure it costs some tons of money, but yeah, definitely mm-hmm. um, a four to 4.5 out of five for me. Not, not to mention, um, uh, I think, I think you were mentioning as well, Ben, about the Disney play app. If you're, if you're, um, if you're a big user of the Disney play app in the parks, uh, the queue line is even more interesting in this one because, uh, there's a yeah. whole, uh, Bluetooth enabled experience where if you're at that ride, um, there's a game on there in which you're actually helping It's part of the whole story too, yeah. where you're helping Finn kind of navigate and break into different rooms in a star destroyer which is later part of the story in the ride itself. Um, and you're helping him hack open doors and stuff by doing little jigsaw puzzles on the app and a variety of other things. There's also things to scan, like like the cargo boxes all throughout the, the queue of the lineup. Um, so if you're a big Avid user of that, you know, you'll find enough things to do while you're standing in the you know hour and a half long <laughs> lineup yeah. that it takes to get through there. But um, mm. Yeah, I would I would probably give it. Um, I actually gave it a, a five on on my score system. So um, I thought it was just great. You know, the 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 queue, the ride itself, the uh, the various simulated parts of the queue, um, all the way to the very end. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. What about you? I want I want to see a video of you riding that ride for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> probably a big smile on my face like an idiot. My favorite part of that ride, though, that didn't get mentioned, is throughout the park they're kind of in character ish. Um, to varying degrees but when you're in the lineup for this ride this ride um, I've taken a couple people who is their first time and they might be new to Star Wars or new to parks and the question you will, will always hear is when did the ride start because as soon as you're in that first uh, movie room first showroom the experience is just turned on it's not like a showroom you go back yeah. to a generic lineup it's like the people are in character you're moving you're moving to a ship um and it just feels like this is one seamless experience. That being said, um, I like going fast. And I like to go to my parks to go fast. And <laughs> I'm a little more of a thrill seeker. So I'd still give it a four. I would say like I would be about the same. If I'm the pilot on the Smuggler's Run or taking this one, I, I value about, about the same. I forget who I was talking to recently about this ride. But um, I someone, someone said this. It's going to kill me not remembering who this is now. But... Um, someone said to me that when they went on that ride, they, when they get onto the shuttle, which takes off and Poe Dameron's flying behind you and stuff, you get the animatronic pilots at the front and yeah. all the simulated windows and like the flashes of green of the overhead TIE fighter shooting at you and the, the rumble of the ship when it gets hit and everything like that. Um, right before you get sucked into the Star Destroyer and, and boarded, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they thought that was the ride. <laughs> and, and, then, and then they get off and it's like, holy crap, like, where are we? Like, yeah. You know, you get walk into the big first door to store a yeah. Star Destroyer, like, hangar bay and everything, and it's like, dang, like, so, this yeah. is pretty nuts. So if you, if you want to know how it works, basically, like, basically your shuttle, like, it actually spins. So one of the cool things is the door you enter is the same door you exit, but you don't really feel like you, you feel like you moved up and around. But when that same door opens and it completely, you're inside somewhere, it's, it's very mind-boggling to your brain. It's like, oh, shoot. Because it's the same door, you're not feeling like you're going through a passage of a ship where you open one door, then you go to the other side of the ship and you exit. You op- you go through the same door. It really changes your experience because basically it's on a giant wheel that turns. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so true, though, because you know when you go through one door and exit out another, it's like y- your brain kind of knows it's all fake. So you're yeah. just like, oh, I'm just going from one room to another, right? 
And I didn't expect that one to open, but still, like, here we are. Um, But you're right. Like, having the same door open in which the one you entered, you're outside, you see the skies of Florida and everything, right? You know that you're still in a simulated environment, and you exit into the first door to Star Destroyer Lobby, and it's like, oh, I just exited the same door I came in. Now we're somewhere else. Like, this shuttle has taken me somewhere else, right? If I could do a quick PSA for if you ever go on this ride, please stay in, like... Everyone, all the workers that are in character, and they will be kind of harsh with you because they're the, you know, yeah, they're the first order. I was about to say Empire, but they're the first order, and they're treating you. You're basically going to be interrogated, so they're kind of like, you, go there, go now, listen. And they'll kind of make fun of you if you're slow or if you step out of line or do the wrong thing. They'll kind of like, not like yell at you, but they'll kind of make a joke about how like you're the dumbest resistance he's ever seen or something. <laughs> um, play along. Please, it's way more fun for everyone when you play along. I think that's one of the highlights of it. Is I did. Know, I played along. There, there was an officer. Okay, so we're all standing in a group right in the hallway. And he's like asking the front row. I was kind of at the back. And he's like asking the people in the front row, slowly going face by face, kind of looking them in the eyes. And he's like, which of you has information of the resistance base? And then I piped up from the back. I was like, have you tried Dan Tween? <laughs> And like the guy in front of me starts like laughing, of course, because he gets the reference. And then, you know, the, the, but the officer, he didn't crack. He, he was so good. He like looked at me and he's kind of kind of barged between the, the front row and just kind of scoped in on me. He's like, you know, he's like, what do you know about the base? And, you know, he just kind of like uh. zoned in for a second. It was so good. And, then you know, of course, then we got sent into the little cell where uh, uh, where we get broken out by the uh, by the resistance on the other side of the wall, which is also a very cool thing. If you've yeah. never done the, the the whole lineup thing before, it's it's great. They, you know, they saw open a piece of the wall and, and they throw you into one of these like uh, little pods that the yeah. the, the, R, the the R series is, is driving around. But uh, really great ride, you know, really great. I would call it an experience. Really. Yeah, yeah. It definitely there's one kind of thrillish part, but mostly you're there to see like full size ATATs and. Mm-hmm. Move around like whoa! You feel like you're on the inside of a star destroyer, and that's definitely the coolest part. It's also worth mentioning that um, when you do the ride, there's two pods that leave at the same time from the room, and mm. if your experience is slightly different in each mm-hmm. pod, yeah. so if you if you get a chance to do it twice and you manage to get the one in, uh, the pod in the front or the back, yeah. um, you know it's uh, it, it is slightly different how they are programmed to navigate around the the uh, the star destroyer and yeah. everything like that and i found that the experience in in either uh, i think it was the did you like going the up the elevator the yeah AT, that's AT, right because like going around the side because those are the big difference right in two. yeah that's the biggest difference um i also noticed that one of the pods is on sync with the audio at the very end when you exit the ride and um, you pass the uh the the mon cala pilot guy yeah. the admiral um his voice is synced up on and the music and everything is synced yeah. up better on one of them as opposed to the other one. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but overall, really cool experience. Definitely more of an experience than like, well, I'm going to go on a ride in that traditional sense of you're on a roller coaster that moves fast. Yeah. Um, uh, how many Pablo points? I think I said four. I think I said if I'm four. the driver of the um, Smugglers Run, they're the same. Okay. They're, so they're we got a four, four point five, and a five. Okay. So we're pretty high. I think that's yeah. the highest thing on the whole list. Um, one, one thing that's worth mentioning, do you guys think this like... First of all, this ride's usually, if you haven't been to the parks, it's usually really busy. So the best time to hit it is either like after it's been shut down and you try to like run on Mm -hmm. or the beginning of the day you run on like many other people. Um, But do you think it will be as popular in like five years? Like Ben said, it's not really a thrill ride. 
So it's right. something that I personally would ride maybe once or twice a visit. Yeah. I Whereas like the Incredicoaster in uh, California, I'd ride like 10 times. I think you're right. I think, I think in a couple of years, it's going to die down because uh, the popularity of this ride um, reduced star tours to five minutes flat yeah. every time we, we just rolled right on a star. We must've done star tours like also, eight, 10 times or something like that. Yeah. I mean, we love, I love star oh, tours. I loved it. I, went it's great. I was like, wow, the, I did not know how much I like star tours. The cool thing about star tours is it's usually different every time, right? Yeah. If you're lucky. Um, so, um, I thought it was great. You know, we, yeah. we, we got enough kind of different rotations and star tours. That was yeah. like five minute lineup. Boom. Like that was awesome. Um, I will say, if you're going, I feel like the first, unless you have the early parking mission and we're staying in Disney Hotel, I think it's it's usually like, I remember getting there and it was super busy in the morning and it was weird. Everyone, the first thing they do when they went to Hollywood Studios in Florida was go to, because um, Galaxy's Edge is the coolest line there, was go there, hit um, the coolest ride, which was um, Rise of Resistance, and then immediately go to uh, Smuggler's Run. Right. And it was weird because you saw like, 150 minute wait go right from there to the other ride so i thought in the afternoon like toward the evening it, it might have been better yeah. after everyone's ridden at once because that's yeah, when people are going yeah yeah we managed to sneak on right before closing and i think that's kind of the key if you put it off all day you can get a much shorter lineup with rise of resistance but then you can only do it once in the day yeah. right so i mean realistically um uh, we were down there for Universal, Disney, and a cruise, but uh, but I found out of all three experiences, I found Disney was actually sadly kind of the bottom of my list just because they packed those parks so full of people and everything's so expensive. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, as opposed to like cruise where you're eating for free all the time and the value was way better. Universal, I think they, I think I actually, in general, I, I think I like the experience at Universal, just a bit better, with, and when it comes to the rides and That's stuff, a big comparison. But, but yeah. yeah, I would say Rise of Resistance, really fun ride. Yeah, not a thrill ride per se, but it's an impressive ride. I think it's one of those things you you get off and you're like, "Whoa, that was an impressive ride." I cannot believe they built that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Big feat of um, engineering. Do we go into the third ride of Star Tours now? <laughs> I got <laughs> technically <laughs> in Galaxy's Edge. It's like it's like yeah, I guess on it's technically yeah. just on the outskirts. Yeah, well, yeah. Just briefly, what do you guys th think of Star of Star Tours? I mean, how does it hold up I, today? I don't love it. I you don't, don't love it? No, no. It's a classic, but I actually haven't done it in previous Disney trips because of like motion sickness. But I did oh. it this trip, and I didn't feel sick, and I thought it was I don't know. It was better than I thought it would be. They've remastered maybe, it. every every yeah, year. They add 2. more. 5. Mm -hmm. Yeah, every couple of years they add yeah. more uh, planets and stuff to it. So um, more definitely recently. worth doing. Yeah, two point five, two point five. Wow. Right. I when I was on it this time, so I went on it many years ago because it's an old ride, right? And so I've been on it like when I was probably in like grade four, um, like not grade four, probably grade seven ish, right? So like mm -hmm. a lot many years ago, and it was cool. And I went on this year. And there was this one kid who was absolutely losing his mind that this was the scariest experience he's ever had in his life. He was like, he was fully in zone that we were on this trip that was about to be blown up. And he was, every time it swerved, he'd yell, he's like, watch it. And I will say that did improve it. Um, <laughs> that did change my Just vibe. super in character. Oh my goodness. He was, he was like, we're going to die. I was like, dude, it's Star Tours. 
It's Star Tours. Um, so, but it, it, I will say, I think it was more fun, even though they changed it to the sequels, which, you know, I wasn't, I don't have as much. They've of thrown that in, but they haven't gotten rid of all the other stuff. Yeah. So I, the one we did was a sequel one and I don't have the strongest connection, but it was still really fun. I loved it even more yeah. than when I was a kid. So yeah. take it. Um, I thought it was more fun. I, yeah, I've, I, I think it's improved with age uh, as they've added in more locations to the rotation and everything. And, and uh, it definitely helps being a five-minute lineup. You literally just get on yeah. and boom, like you're you're on the ride, right? So, like, I got to give it, like, a, a just the amount of times that we just enjoyed going back on it again. I got to give it a four. Like, you know, just... <laughs> It, it, it's still great in my opinion it's still oh. such a great ride um and uh you know without nostalgia aside it's just it's just super impressive like yeah. how they did the how they do the lineup it makes you feel like you're actually going through a bit of an airport yeah and then you know you get the baggage security droids off to the side like <laughs> with the x-ray and everything and they're kind of you know kind of going through people's luggage they go oh this person's not gonna need this anymore and you know so there's a bit of comedy kind of in there and uh there's a bit more of a george lucas in star tours than, there is that's yeah you feel it a bit more maybe just and maybe that might be nostalgia but i just yeah. feel like i'm like wow this was very much george yeah yeah very much yeah i'm uh so i mean i still like star tours a lot uh we got uh some planet we got the rise of skywalker showing up in our rotation so oh, we okay. had that big water world that uh the death star 2 yeah. is like kind of crashed on so we had that location. Uh, we did have a lot of Phantom Menace. We had all of Naboo, which is a great one because you get submerged underwater. And, oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and the, the fish start coming after you and everything. It was really cool. So we had that uh, and, uh, you know, the crate from Last Jedi. Uh, we had the battle over Coruscant from Episode 3. Um, um, yeah, we had a lot of like, I mean, we went on it like kind of con like over and over and over again for a bit. Uh, so, you know, we managed to get in a few rotations, but I think it still holds up really well yeah uh so yeah um all right let's move on to kind of the other um, restaurants and shops in the park and uh, we don't need to go into super into detail but if you guys have any kind of standout experiences with that feel free to mention it we'll start off with oga's cantina a restaurant to sample custom drinks and snacks uh ben you want to start us off with i mean one? i actually didn't get to go this one i uh um, i don't really drink alcohol and the my wife who I was with um, is gluten free and didn't have any gluten free options. And there's one thing about this place is that there's a lineup to even get in. Which yeah, you got to reserve on the app. Yeah, yeah. so uh, we were like, I don't know if it's worth it if she couldn't eat, and I didn't want to drink there. So that's good for people going. to know, though. Yeah, yeah. So it is of note. It is like a bar with some food, but it is first and foremost a bar. Um, which we weren't really expecting, and then yeah, mm -hmm. so then we didn't end up going. Although I I was a little bit bummed of not going. I was like, ah, oh, we should have went, but we just we ran out of time. There's a lot to do in Hollywood Studios. Yeah. What about you, Darren? Yeah, you definitely. I don't think you have to order. Like you can just go in for the experience. Like you guys said, it is a booking system, mm -hmm. and I think it will be for a long time. Um, yeah, I, I think there was non-alcoholic options. I forget. I didn't there go were. on this trip. There were, yeah. Uh, there yeah. was. Okay, but it's probably like Disney. It's probably very expensive. Um, but it did, was really cool. And there's like a DJ droid and everything. Yeah, and that's Rex. Like that's movie. Rex. That's the old pilot from Star Tours. 
Yes, right. He's like reprogrammed there was some the, sort of connection. Uh, DJ. Yeah, there's like a whole in-universe story about how Rex got there. He's been reprogrammed to be the DJ. And on Spotify, you can look up Rex's playlist from uh, Oga's Cantina. You can find a whole oh, album of music that he plays in the cantina. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. Like, if you're going to Galaxy's Edge, just do it. And then you don't have to get something. But it's kind of unfortunate you can't take a look at it unless you book a reservation. Yeah. Yeah. So I gave this experience a, a, a solid four, uh, surprisingly enough, because uh, we actually, uh, I was there with, with, uh, with my wife as well, and uh, we went in thinking uh, we can get some food here. And um, but the environment was super cool. Like, it was a proper Star Wars cantina and everything like that. You know, the bartenders are all singing a jolly song and, you know, DJ Rex playing the music and everything like that. It was really cool. There's Orabesh all over the place. Uh, they handed us a really cool menu, and we actually did end up getting some appetizer dish with uh, ordering some drinks because, you know, we were there. We reserved and waited for it. Uh, but dis- a slight disappointment being that they don't serve, like, actual food there. I think the bigger thing for me was it was kind of – we were kind of hoping to get off our feet a little bit, and we ended up being placed at the bar where it's mm. literally just standing. And there's a lot of areas in which there's, like, standing tables. Um, and uh, should you be so lucky to get an actual, like, booth – so uh, there are booths there, but there's, there's a, a time limit though, right? Yes. You can only be in for 45 minutes at a time. I think mm. it is. So okay. uh, there's a time limit and it is mostly alcohol, alcoholic drinks. Um, there are, yeah. I did see a family with kids walk in. It was a family of like seven and they didn't get put at a booth. In fact, they were supposed to kind of take a spot at the bar next to us, but there was like room for three Maybe so they were like huddled next to us and they were like looking at the menu, kind of complaining there was no seating. Then they were like, oh, it's all alcoholic drinks. And then they were like, yeah, no, but there's like some non-alcohol, but they had no idea. So, you know, just for anyone who's thinking of doing Ogas, go in with the mindset of you're going into a cantina, you're there to order a beverage you might possibly be standing for the 45 minute experience and that's it. And you can leave whenever you want. Like, yeah. you know, after you flip your bill, you know, yeah, you that's a good point. Up. So, you know, as far as like accepting that mindset, I was like, this is really cool. Like it's yeah. the only thing that comes close to being in an actual cantina in galaxy's edge. It was great. Yeah. Uh, all right. Docking Bay seven food and cargo. It, this is a quick service restaurant inside of a working hangar bay. Um, Darian, what did you think of this one? I actually haven't eaten there, so I can't really offer an opinion. Really? Okay. Um, this is where you get yeah. the famous spork. The one that the one that people were stealing for the longest time, so they decided to start selling them instead. <laughs> wow. That's funny. <laughs> no, I ate at Ogas uh, not Ogas. I ate at um Ronto's Roasters gotcha. when I was there. Okay. All right. Um I, I ate at Docking Bay Seven. Um I gave it a four. It was actually pretty good. The the menu, uh they have desserts, they've got uh, you know, meals, um, you could, uh, kind of, you, you just go, you order, you pay right away, you get your food, you sit down. This is my favorite. So, so like, you know, we're from Canada. Yeah. You know, the bill in Canada at a restaurant, let me tell you this way. So much easier. Oh my goodness. I complained <laughs> every day I was in the States about this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to everyone in the States about this, but I mean, you know, I know our big listener base of ours is actually across the border in the States. I don't know how you guys do it. Dude, One, I got to chat with all y'all. Like, what the heck? Yeah, like, dude, having to mentally, like, I don't know how people did this without smartphones. First of all, they take your credit card. Like, what the heck? And yeah, just leave yeah, it with right, it. Right, exactly. So, so I'm not fond of, like, the whole, here's my credit card. Go and walk behind a wall with it somewhere where I have no idea where it's going. And uh, and then secondly, like, and I don't come know back how. with a small novel of, of bills that you have to pay. <laughs> I have a theory. I have a theory. People either were just better at math 
or people <laughs> carried calculators in their pocket before smartphones. Like, how on earth are you supposed to calculate Wait, a tip? Can we first tell, like, like, so if you come to Canada, here's how it works. Like, most normal people, if I go to a restaurant, they will bring a machine, much like how you'd pay at any normal store, and then they'll say, here it is, and then, I, then they give me the machine. I can press if I want to put a tip or not, or whatever the tip I want to put in. I hit OK, and then I tap it. It takes max 30 seconds. And that's oh, max. Max. That's with some network issues yeah, of, I like, know. on a slow day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, like, so at Disney parks, at any Universal Park, whatever, quick service is my jam. Like, I just like paying up front like a merchandise store, you know? Boom. Swipe it. Put in my pin if I, if, if weirdly enough, I wasn't putting my pin at all at Florida, though, and maybe it's just something that they don't do. But yeah, no, I didn't put my pin either. Yeah. yeah. That, but I, I was like, I just like paying up front, you know? I don't need to leave a tip. I don't need to worry about mentally calculating out how much 18, 15, 20% is. I don't need to whip out my phone to try and do that. Because here's uh, the thing. They give you on the receipt saying 18% of your bill is this. And you're like, okay. But then you still have to add that to what the bill is. And yeah, exactly. the total. Yeah, yeah. And it's a little, for me, a little worrisome that, like, you're just writing in, oh, yeah, take this amount more money as if they could just cross it out and say, oh, yeah, no. Yes, no. exactly, exactly. Okay, so that's my whole long spiel about bills. Quick service is the way to go in theme parks. And uh, also, you just kind of boom, boom. You can go in, you eat, you leave, right? Mm-hmm. And so I love Docking Base 7. It was quick service. It was what I like out of a theme park place. There was lots of options. Uh, there was dietary friendly options in there. And the experience of being in Docking Base 7 was actually pretty cool. It was, uh, you know, it's a big, there's a big uh, shuttle on top of the roof. And it's like unloading cargo down through mm-hmm. the middle of like the ceiling. And uh, you're sitting in like a, what looks like a cargo bay, but there's like lots of container, like shipping containers everywhere yeah. that there's like a, a little like booths, like ch- tables and chairs and stuff all over the place. It was cool. Uh, we had a good dessert there. It was like a fiery kind of chocolatey cake, which had like some mm-hmm. chili spice in it. Um, so it had some heat and it was, it was, it was interesting. All the food in Galaxy I got to say this about all the food places, you know, great creativity when it comes to designing the dishes. Yeah. So okay. that was pretty cool. Uh, Ronto Roasters, uh, a stand to purchase grilled sausage and roasted pork wraps. Okay. Uh, what first do you think of, of all, that? How many Pablo points? First of all. How many Pablo points? I've, I feel bad because I came in not knowing what pork rinds were. And my wife said, oh, they're like bits of pork. And then um, someone we know named Kevin loves them. And I was like, sweet. I would like, we were kind of walking around. I, was like, I would just love like, I thought it'd be like a beef jerky, maybe like a little less dried kind of thing. And if you know what pork rinds are, they're like puffed up pork chips. And I was a little disappointed. I was like, this is not at all what I ordered. Um, overall, Ronto's Roasters, I mean, first I'll say the atmosphere is like, basically, there's a central jet engine kind of thing. That's over, a pod racing engine. Yeah. Yeah. So a uh, pod racing engine over this, I don't actually know what the animal is. Do you know what it, It's some sort of creature, yeah, in yeah, the middle. It's like roasting Star, something. Star Wars yeah. creatures just, you know, being roasted. Um, with the pot so the the atmosphere is kind of cool it's like well that's like there's like you know fake meat on a rotisserie that is like and periodically the engine will kind of like sputter to life and like blaze a little bit not with a ton of fire just kind of shakes and like emits light and stuff like that um, but it's a really cool vibe and it's like oh this is just feels like what it would be in the Star Wars universe. This is like how I would imagine it. To put it simply, a uh, Ronto Roaster is basically like an alien hot dog. Yeah. yeah very fancy alien hot dog. Yeah, yeah, it's like pretty cool. I enjoyed yeah. it. 
Um, overall, I wouldn't say the food was as well themed. I mean, like when I got the, the I got two things. One of them was significantly better, be it, but I guess I don't really like pork rinds is what I learned from that trip. Um, is I just don't like pork rinds as a concept. But especially in the Florida heat, they're very salty and you're just like, man, I need a drink. But the rest of it, it was just, it was like good Spend food. more money. <laughs> yeah, it was just good food. I just, I like, it was decent. It wasn't like, whoa, this food is only somewhere in Star Wars. Um, it was just decent. It was meat and I enjoyed it. What about you, Darian? Or actually, Ben, how many Pablo points? I'm going to go with, like, what's the most bang average? And then plus 0.1 for the cooler theming. But, I was like, like the, th- food, the food felt pretty average. Like three, also, three. if you go mobile order, um, mobile order, like, it's just way easier. There's always so many people trying to eat everywhere in Disney World. Yeah. What um, about you, Darian? Um, I actually, I haven't really eaten Galaxy's Edge. There's, like, a dietary restriction uh, in my family, so like oh, we right, don't. That's right. Yes. Right. We have to go to very specific spots. I think um, my wife could actually have the Ronto wrap. But we just ended up going somewhere else. So like I said, I can't comment on it. I did like I've looked at lots of reviews and stuff, and like especially Docking Bay Seven, it's rated very high. Yeah. And same with the Ronto wrap. Um, I just haven't had it myself. So yeah. definitely think- worth trying if you're going there. I just haven't had it. This is the only other thing other than Rise of the Resistance that I have a five for. Um, uh, I, I had a Ronto rep. And uh, oh, l- really like in that? the VR game for Tales from the Galaxy's oh Edge, there's actually like a side mission where <laughs> you can actually like collect and eat the Ronto wraps around one of the restaurants in the par- in the, in the yeah. land, right? Um, so I was like, okay, I got to try this. And uh, it was amazing. It was like a full, it was like a hot dog kind of wiener, but like really good. Not your classic kind of like Ikea wiener, but like a no. good solid sausage in there. And uh, it was like in some sort of pita bread with like a variety of other things like toppings and stuff. And it was yeah. made to look really, really cool. Um, and uh, I was like, took one bite of it. Like, wow, this is this is really good. Like, um, and so I was very impressed. And and of course, the uh, the the actual stand itself, like you said, the pot, pot race engine and everything. Mm-hmm. It's really loud in there. Like it is. That's like <laughs> like all the sound effects for the so, environment is super immersive, but it's really loud. So my family is Middle Eastern. Uh, my family's from Egypt, and we get a lot of shawarma, and it felt very that. I was like, wow, this was just a, a good shawarma. I was like, oh, feel like I'm eating shawarma in Egypt right yeah, now. I was, I was like, wow. Like, <laughs> just like, there's no felt, better way to describe an alien yeah, planet. Yeah, it was just, well, it was like, okay, think of it. It's the heat, very loud. Like, it felt like, you know, kind of like, you know, you're kind of in the Middle East-ish and yeah. very hot, loud, nothing super upscale, just people kind of doing what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good. Maybe I felt a little bit harsh saying it was being average. It was good. It was better than a lot of a lot of like other like definitely a notch above like oh you're going somewhere and I feel bad saying this because I think Ellen's about to come on soon. Ellen is gluten free and she loved the chicken strips at Backlot, which is a place in Hollywood. But she's like, there's gluten free chicken strips and we got there. We went there more than we needed to for chicken strips and I had them and they were like they were decent. I mean they were like chicken strips, they weren't super impressive. Right. Um, but she loved them. So I feel bad saying that, you know, they were better than the chicken strips and things like that. But uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of the pork rinds. I thought it was just, yeah. Was like, if you like it, it's a cool snack. But if that's if you like pork rinds, I don't. Go for the Ronto wrap, everyone. That was the best place. Yeah. Right. Also quick service. So, yeah, if you're getting mm-hmm. looking for quick service food, Ronto Roasters, you got to yeah. hit it up. Mobile order. Um, Katsaka's Kettle, that's the next place, which is a stand to purchase a sweet and savory popcorn snack. They got a couple colors from my recollection. They also sell the very famous 
uh, Coke, Dasani, Coke Diet, and is it Sprite? Oh, I think it's Sprite. The um, Sprite, yeah, the four Coke bottles, yeah, the yeah, four different the the detonators. Yes, yeah, yeah, the thermal detonator bottles with the very that's alien. that's like those detonators. That's like. I don't want to spend $5 for Coke. I want to spend $8 for Coke. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> six, it's six. It's an Honestly, extra dollar. Though, I will actually say that they are super sick. Yeah. Like you feel yeah. good drinking. You're just like, wow, it's a Coke, but it's like a oh, jo- Josh so, like, have I've here. got one here. I brought one back with me. I just had to get one. The famous thermal detonator Coke bottle. Not going to um, lie. First time I saw it, I definitely thought it was a um, Christmas ornament. It's got the cap yes, on I it. I still do. It's got <laughs> the cap on it. And, uh, well, because it's, it's red and green. You got red for the uh, Coke and green for the yeah. Sprite. And you're like, oh, okay, this is definitely a... Um, uh, it's definitely yeah. is, 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 you know, it's Coke, right? Like, and it, it's, it's kind of cool holding it in like a spherical bottle, I guess. But man, this went quick. It's not a full size, like, no, you know, bottle <laughs> of Coke or anything. As we mentioned in the heat, it's like, and it's gone. Yeah. And for six bucks, like, you know, I was just like, okay, and it's gone. But um, I was actually <laughs> thinking, like, I, like, I got it thinking, like, oh, I'll just keep it kind of sealed and bring it back with me as a nice souvenir. And, and 20 seconds later, I was already drinking the thing because I was just so thirsty. So, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got that at the popcorn stand. We also got some popcorn. I gave this a really bad score though for uh cat Sackers kettle. I gave it a zero. Whoa. Um, I was, Whoa. I was happy with the Coke. It was a bit overpriced, mind you. And this is also, we're going to group in the Coke droid, um, speeder things that they sell, which are kind of neat as well into this whole thing. But, um, like the, the visual aesthetic, of course, fantastic. The actual service though, of getting this popcorn, let me tell you something about this bag. It is like, it is smaller than, you know, if you go to like those, <laughs> the fairground, the classic fairground where it's like, or, or maybe like a make your own uh, little popcorn bags at home, yeah. you know, like a teeny tiny little bag. Like, oh, like, yeah, 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 dude, yeah. like, like you pay like, you pay like $6 or something or $7 for this popcorn. It's like, what is that? Like three handfuls? Like, <laughs> like no, yeah. are you kidding me? Like, I, I thought it was way more than that. Anyway, yeah, I got I got a solid zero on that. They got to amp up how much they're giving out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, I was I was a bit ticked off. I was like, I'm I will say one of my here. better purchases from many years ago when I went to Disney World was a Tie Fighter popcorn bowl. It was my favorite. It was like not a bad size. It went against actually just walking both hands, shoveling popcorn in your mouth. So I'm <laughs> I'm sad to see the popcorn has gone downhill. <laughs> yeah, I mean it looked cool. Especially but. that's such a cheap thing to make. Like, come on, yeah. toss a couple of kernels into there. Yeah, yeah like everyone's throw us paying a couple hundred dollars to be there for the day. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Like, like that's just that's just it, right? I think they've gotten so penny pinching. I think it's less about the happiness, <laughs> less about the the guest happiness, and more about like how much money can we actually pull out of everything, right? And it's pretty impressive. Everywhere you look, you're like, yeah. and everything is so expensive. It yeah. is crazy. Um, all right, so next thing, um, Savvy's Workshop, a shop where guests can create and purchase their own custom lightsabers. I can't say anything about this because I actually didn't do it. I didn't think it was worth the cost. I'm not a fan of the way that lightsabers look from Savvy's. Um, but what did you guys think about this place if you did it? I'm just confirming, is this, because I think I've been inside, is there only one place that sells the lightsabers in Galaxy's Edge? There's two. So there's the, um, so there's one store called Doc Ondor's Den of Antiques, and Antiques, they sell all the replica character lightsabers and a bunch of other things. Uh, Savvy's is like the experience that people line up for behind. Yes. Again, you have to reserve that. Yeah, you have to reserve it. I went to reserve it when I was there and I, I couldn't, it was booked. So definitely right. do that in advance. Um, I also can't speak on it because I only went to Doc on doors. Right. 
Okay, what about you, Ben? You you, you have thinking of thinking of doing the savvies, and then you ended up not doing it. Um, no, I was actually I I decided for earlier, and I wouldn't do that. I was I decided not to do the droids after getting there. It just felt a little more chaotic. But gotcha. going there, we looked at it, and it was like kind of talking to other people, looking at other lightsabers. I was like, okay, I couldn't. One of the big things is that unless you're older, I don't think you're allowed to hold the lightsabers. Are you allowed to hold the lightsabers out? So, it, yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. That's um, the big question. I, I believe you get a sheath of some kind with mm-hmm. the lightsaber when you customize one. Um, and they really, in character wise, all the people in the shops, the, uh, in the cantina specifically that we're, we're in Oga's hanging out, and there was a family that walked in with their lightsabers on because it was a bit darker in there. And so I guess they, they flared them up. And then all of the bartenders <laughs> were like, no weapons, no weapons. You know, they were like losing their minds. Yeah. So uh, it, it was it was kind of like an in-character way of saying like, don't have those on. And they really don't like it when you have the lightsabers on in the lineups for the rides either. I think they do. I don't think they mind if you're like in front of the Falcon taking photos or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, they don't like it if you have them on in the shop, in a lineup, in a restaurant, anything like that. Why? I think it's just, it comes down to that whole character costume thing. Yeah, so in Disney World, you're not allowed to, except actually recently, you're allowed to wear some specific Star Wars costumes because of um, the Hyperion, because you can go from the... um, the Halcyon. Right. Right? Because the Star Wars, what's the hotel experience? I forgot what it's called. Yeah, the, the, the Halcyon Legacy yeah. uh, Galactic Star Cruiser. The Star Cruiser, yeah, Galactic yeah. Star Cruiser. Because they will come into Galaxy's Edge with Star Wars costumes on. Now there's a slight exception, and I read the rules very extensively on this, um, for some Star Wars costumes. So there are some, but overall, if you're over the age of 14, you can't bring, like, you know, toy swords to be Jack Sparrow if you you're not allowed to be in costume, so you can't dress up like a princess if you're over the age of fourteen or sixteen or something like that. Right. So they're they're pretty they're a lot stricter on costumes, um, and I think with that, well, I was like, okay, they're already pretty strict on costumes. They said no weapons. I just didn't want to risk it. And the bag, the sheath that they gave you looked kind of bulky to carry around for a hot summer's day in uh in Orlando. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a uh, it's a lot. Um, so uh, I guess we can't really speak to that, but you know, some people have a good time doing it. I didn't. I say if you're gonna do it, from what I hear, it is a lot more the experience than actually getting the best lightsaber for your dollar. Right. Yeah. So, um, speaking of lightsabers, Doc Ondar's Den of Antiques is the next kind of place that, uh, which is a store where guests can purchase Jedi or Sith holocrons, lightsabers, and artifacts. I give this a place of three. It's pretty cool. There's an animatronic for Doc Ondar in there who's the shopkeeper. There's a whole story about who Doc Ondar is. In fact, he's a character in the Marvel comic series I mentioned earlier. And uh, he's kind of a guy who collects things. So along the walls of the store, you see like a ton of cool like relics and artifacts from the Star Wars universe. And you can buy holocrons, lightsabers, different little statues, different types of replica of currencies in there. Um, some little bits and pieces of costumes. Um, how did you guys like this store? Um, I, yeah, so this store, just so you have an idea of price too, I think like if you bought one to buy like Obi-Wan Saber or something, it's like 170 USD. And building your own at like Savvy's, I think is, is it 200 to 220? Somewhere around there just to give you an idea of price. But yeah, I didn't actually, I more just like watch people hold them. So if you go in line, which is a lineup, you can hold up to three lightsabers, I guess. That's what they, they let you do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. The shop was cool itself. The light, it was cool. How the lightsaber was like all under the glass and you can like 
there's quite a few options, like many yeah. different characters, like so from uh, even animated shows too, right? Another thing to mention is there's a separate lineup for those who want to inspect the lightsabers, but you can freely go into Doc Onders without needing to go through that whole lineup and just to look at the other stuff. But yes. if you're if if you kind of linger near the counter where they have the lightsabers, they they kind of like push you away and they're like, okay, you have to get in line if you want to see the lightsaber. So um, there's, uh, there is ways to kind of, obviously like there's tons of YouTube videos of the ones that they have available. There's actually someone who monitors the lineup outside of Doc Onders who has a menu of all the ones that they have in stock and you can inspect them bef in the menu before you go into the shop. Um, but those are the replica lightsabers. Those are the ones that, uh, people get in the little cases. Uh, they're the proper character lightsabers. You know, you have a removable blade all that stuff. They're the ones that I find would would probably be the best compared to the Hasbro Black Series lightsabers. Um, so a lot of people really love getting those. Uh, there's a lot more options than the Hasbro Black Series versions, but um, I personally just, I was like, eh, I'm just, it's not for me, so I just didn't bother. But I gave the actual store a rating of three Pablo points just because I was like, it's a cool place to be. So mm -hmm. uh, we, got, uh, we got Ellen joining us in just a moment. And uh, there she is. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. And uh, you have uh, just also returned from uh, uh, very far away from Galaxy's Edge. Uh, we're, we're currently going through the, the list of, of uh, locations that people can visit in the park. Do you want to give us a quick hot take on the two rides there? Just real quick. Yeah. Um, I thought Smuggler's Run was a more thrilling ride than Rise of the Resistance. Is that a hot take? That is a hot take. That's, an, that's a different opinion than than the general consensus here. So uh, what did you like about Smuggler's Run? Um, I felt more involved in the story, which I know is the entire point of Rise of Resistance, is you're involved, but it because it was a smaller group and everyone had a, more of a role and responsibility, I just like felt part of it. And it how you act and respond actually really does affect the ride. Gotcha. Yeah. That's cool. So out of five Pablo points, what would you give uh, Smuggler's Run? Oh, ooh. I would give it, can I give it a half mark? Like four and a half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, four and Whoa. a half Pablo. Well, All right, really like wow, this, this is high. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I will say also, Ellen was the only person who I know who was put in, who had the option to go pilot and asked to switch out because she would said she would make everyone else sick. <laughs> Okay, that's because I made everyone sick. The like one of the times I did smugglers, I was not very good at left and right, and everyone got sick, and it was not a good experience. Oh man, so that is why I'm never pilot again. So, um, what did you think of uh, Rise of Resistance? Then, what kind of score did you give that? Oh, Rise, I would give a four. Like they're pr both pretty high up there, but I would give Rise a four. Okay, all right, so also pretty high up there. Yeah. Awesome. Um, we're, we're currently on, uh, Doc Honda's Den of Antiques, which is, uh, the shop that people can go to purchase Jedi, Sith, Holocron, our, our lightsaber and artifact. Uh, what did you like about Doc Honda's and what kind of score would you give that? Oh, um, I would probably give it a three. What I really liked was that they didn't have just all like the classic merchandise. That's where I started seeing like specialization of merchandise, which, mm -hmm. I was expecting more in Galaxy's Edge than I actually found. Yeah, um, so here. I really appreciated yeah. that. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way. I give it a three. Um, I was kind of hoping more stuff would be in stock. I was looking for Anakin's Chapur snippet necklace that he gives Padme. They didn't have it. I was looking oh, for no. the uh, the currencies, like the galactic credit currencies. Oh, yeah. And uh, they. I know they also make a Mandalorian one. They also make the Mon Calamar. They, they only had the Mon Cala one. They only had the, the, the Mon Cala, uh, was it? F- uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Flemari or something? Flem? <laughs> well, they only had that one, and uh, and I was kind of bummed out. I was hoping for the Republic credits, but uh, you know, it is what it is. But um, Darren, what did you think of that shop? Yeah, Flan. Flan, yes, thank you. Doc Ondors? Yeah, Doc Ondors. Yeah, I think I gave my opinion. Oh, did you? Okay, well, sorry. What was your score again? Obviously, it wasn't very meaningful, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I just said um, I actually did kind of hover by the lightsaber booth. Like I kind of did it like. I don't know. I just was like looking at the wall, then would look over and watch people touch the lightsabers. Um, but yeah, I would also give it a three. I don't know, standard. Yeah. I think overall in Galaxy's Edge, the merchandise was kind of weak. Yeah. Like, I love mugs, and I find like there's not that many mug options, and like t-shirts. Like, it's a lot of like stuff if you want to dress up as a character, like robes. It's in-universe and, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's all in-universe stuff, and I think. Across Disney World, really, there's not that much Star Wars. Stuff. So they there have really they have the Star Wars shops in Disney Springs. They have two of them, and they're both identical. But they're uh, I believe they're both identical. But they're called the Star Wars Trading Posts yeah. or something. Yeah, I did go in those too, and like it still, I don't yeah. know. Not not I don't want like a a backpack that's like Chewbacca and like random stuff like that. I don't right. know. I think like more T-shirts, more like simple T-shirts or retro Star Wars T-shirts would be cool. And they're not there. They had also a very strong like Star Wars toy aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw this, where it was like on the shirt, it was like a Chewbacca action figure looking thing with kind of like a robot chicken vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what a weird like direction to really go strongly into merchandise right now. I saw a lot of shirts with um, with kind of stills from uh, either like early Star Wars Episode Four concept, like storyboards and oh, stuff. Yeah. Like I saw a lot of that uh, with handwriting from people at ILM and stuff on it. So those are kind of interesting, but I didn't get any t-shirts myself either. Uh, but you're right about the shops in the park. They're definitely like stylized to be selling like in-universe stuff, which is another reason why I think I like the Wizarding World just a little bit better. Like the stuff in Wizarding yes. World, I would buy more so than the stuff in Galaxy's Edge for some reason. Because mm-hmm. all the stuff I would have bought, like full-on Jedi cloak, tunic, whatever, didn't have any of it. They were just completely out of stock. No Jedi belts, no nothing. It was... It was uh, it was kind of weird. So uh, I was like, yeah, you know what? Like a lot of stuff they have left is just either for kids or just things I wouldn't buy. Yeah. It's almost like, like if you shop at like, and I don't have a lot of experience in this, but like if you go to like Louis Vuitton or something, there's like five things on the shelf to buy. Right. And I feel like Galaxy's Edge is the same. It's like there's like six robes. You, you go see, into a store. Yeah, you see the same thing in like every shop. Yeah, yeah, I was shop. surprised. There's like five items. Every shop definitely felt like it had a very similar supplier. Yeah. I think the one thing that really annoyed me was... So basically, Ellen and I were doing the Halloween day at Magic Kingdom next, which is the one day in the park, besides, I think, some Christmas ones, where you can wear costumes to park. So we were pretty excited. But I didn't really have a costume yet. Um, we were in the process of moving, and we didn't have, I couldn't find the Jack Sparrow costume I was going to wear. So I was like, okay, I'll buy something, forgetting that they don't sell many costumes. Like, Star Wars will. And so it was a robe. It was a Jedi robe. So kind of the over the... It was like the cloak with the hood goes down. And I look at it and I was like, okay, it's very simple. It is like a light brown fabric shaped like a robe. No markings. 
And I was I look at it, I, was like, hey, I would pay a hundred dollars US for this. I was like, that's that's my peak. I was like, this is the like if I pay a hundred dollars, I'm already getting gouged like supremely. Right. And I was like, that's like absolute peak. And I look at it and it was like 139. I was like, <sighs> I was so mad. That's more like, than the the Wizarding World clothes. I think it's this, it was the same price. I think they're both 139. But those ones are better. They are better. And I was just so like, you better. guys. That's yeah. why you bought those ones instead. I, and yeah, yeah, we bought those. So it's I was like the, to pay the Jedi cloaks are just like a linen. But there's no, there was no like. You could hit Bed Bath and Beyond and pick know, up the same I was thing. Like, I could have bought this. I could have bought this online. And I remember like right there looking on my phone and then like just quick check of like Amazon and I could have got the tunic and the robes for like fifty bucks on Amazon. <laughs> like I can't. Oh I was like I can't do this. No. Um, because there was no. Uh, they didn't make it feel anything like whoa. This is really crazy. Um, which is kind of what annoyed me. It was like. I needed someone to be like, whoa, this really feels like either a high quality costume or like, I don't know, something that would be like, this is, I wear costumes a lot. I love costumes. And it was just a little just too much where I was like, you guys, this, this is like, I was willing to pay a hundred. You guys should have priced, priced this at $80 US. $80 US is already like one of the most crazy markups I can imagine for that. And I was like, I was just, I was a little bit upset. Gotcha. Yeah. I will say, so I've been to Galaxy's Edge right when it opened, and it was right before I visited LA and Florida, and it was before Mandalorian had come out on Disney Plus, and their merchandise was very different compared to this trip. Interesting. Because like the Mandalorian stuff was now, so it wasn't just like all this Grogu and all that stuff, and it was a lot more classic Star Wars, like classic Star Wars T-shirts and like merchandise, and I think. The merchandise was definitely better three years ago than it is now. I found that the same with uh, Wisdom World too, but uh, they they said that COVID has affected a lot of of what they've been able to manufacture and what they've mm -hmm. been able to ship out. So uh, at the Wisdom World, this is non Star Wars related, of course, but you can no longer in the park at least. You can still get these things online, but you can't buy them in the park. You can't buy Slughorn's Hourglass or any of the broomsticks. Um, there was like over thirteen character wands that they no longer sold anymore. Um, and, uh, you can't buy the Quidditch robe. Like I remember specifically, uh, a, like a rain jacket material Quidditch kind of gown thing that, oh, uh, yeah. and they no longer sell it. And no one in the park knew what I was talking about whenever I asked them about <laughs> it. They, you can no longer get the Quidditch goggles, but some of the staff members wear them as part of their outfit, but you can no yeah. longer buy them yourself. So there's a whole slew of things that was like, dang, like. I missed out on all these things. So I kind of went ham on buying a few things uh, when I was at that park. But yeah, that's that's actually really good to know, though, that it used to be better and maybe COVID's affected it. So maybe in a couple of years, it'll be better again uh, when this whole kind of thing for an excuse goes away. Uh, we stayed at a Disney Resort hotel and they used COVID as an excuse for not being able to ship things from the park to your room. And they really? said, yeah, that's yeah. weak. That yeah, it's super weak really because perk. they did that. Yeah, it's a great perk. It's part of the reason why someone might stay at a Disney resort hotel as opposed to a normal hotel, because you can buy big things like maybe a big Dejaric chess table set for whatever amount, you know, $80, whatever it was. But that's a big box to lug around every day, right? Or for the rest mm -hmm. of the day in the park. So either you buy it at the end of the day on the way out or you just, you know, in the old days, you used to go up, say, send it to my room, boom, you'd yeah. find it on your bed at the end of the day, right? And at the Wizarding World, they still do that. Like at Universal, they still do that. We were able to do that. We were able to pick it up in the front of the park, at the hotel, whatever yeah. we wanted. And uh, they just don't do that Disney anymore. They're like, no, COVID's killed that. 
I was like, that really blows. I think it just, it doesn't, I think they are realizing that they're probably merchant, like, they're still getting the money, probably the same money and not mm-hmm. having to. Yeah, extra it's a service work. that they and did that they weren't making In true penny pinching like, fashion, why yeah. bring it back if exactly. they're losing money? Exactly. Like, yeah. See, the, it's all these little things that are adding to all these complaints that I'm seeing online. Like, not to bring a negative tone to this whole thing, but like, I'm, like I just get it now. Like, I get it. It's the first time I've been to Disney since, since the pandemic, since all these complaints have started surfacing. First time using Genie Plus, all that stuff, right? So my experience this time... Totally different than the last time I was there. And I got to say, it's not for the better. But Galaxy's Edge was cool. Galaxy's Edge was definitely, I think, maybe not the peak, but definitely one of my highlights of the Disney World experience. I think in Disney World, there's definitely some like some highs and lows, some annoying things, some really cool things. But I would say one of definitely my highlights was Galaxy's Edge, just walking around. One thing, if I can say about Galaxy's Edge that I have to say it was one of my is Florida has nasty water. Something I learned wrong is that, like, absolutely atrocious. It's pretty bad. Like, in a first world country, <laughs> I should not be able to be worried about the water I'm drinking, um, which is something I was surprised about. Um, Vancouver has great water. I'm very happy with it. And one thing that Galaxy's Edge is, so we went to oh, Starlight Cafe, uh, Magic Kingdom, and we were filling up our water bottles. And I took one sip, and it was absolutely atrocious. And in the one in Galaxy's Edge, it was perfectly pristine water. I was like, wow. Filtered. Um, so if you're ever... It's from Butchibu, that's why, right? Yeah, from Batu Fresh Springs. <laughs> yeah. It's not from the Orlando um, sewage waste or whatever. But one thing... And for me, it was little things like that that made the world feel better. It was just like, oh, I enjoy being here because maybe more of the shops have AC or their water just tastes slightly better. And, you know... Yes, when you're going, you're going for a lot of things. You're going for the rides, you're going for the experience, you're going to see the sights. But sometimes it's also the small things that really help your experience out. That's true. That's true. Um, Mubo's Droid Workshop, a shop where guests can create and purchase their own custom droid. I didn't do this, uh, so I don't have no score to give, no opinion. But uh, did either of you guys do it? Busy. Oh. Yeah, absolute chaos in that store. <laughs> I like, love it and hate it for chaos. the chaos. Yeah. I got to say, my experience at Mubo's is definitely better in the VR game. Um, there was just me in there. So, Alan and I were very <laughs> close to, we, when, we, when we went, we went fully intending on buying a droid and we got in there and part of me loved it for the chaos. It just, all the parts are coming on this conveyor belt and people are just grabbing whatever they want. Yeah. It was insane, but um, in the end, I was like, "This just—I just want a little more peace and quiet than than this." Um, so the idea with that workshop is you build a mini droid and you give it a personality chip, and it's like it acts like a remote control, right? Yeah, kind of. It, well, the personality chips also like affects the sounds it makes and things like that. Right. Um, so you have a remote control. It can, do, and you can buy other things. So you can buy like a serving tray for it. Mm. Oh yeah, that's right. There was a whole accessories wall. I was yeah. kind of impressed. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed by the yeah. accessories wall. So you buy accessories. Right. The personality chip, from what I know, kind of doesn't affect your controls as much as just like the sounds it makes and kind of like the overall feel of it. Of like, you know, is it angry? Is it happy? I don't yeah. Know. Um, they didn't really give. I tried looking at what they did, and there wasn't much detail in the packaging. And then you kind of pick between the two main R two and BB eight styles, um, and then you find some parts to put on. Of note, one thing that is also kind of like the supply chain thing is like sometimes the cooler parts just are not coming down the conveyor belt. Like you really want this color and just... <laughs> you got to barge your way up to the front. Yeah, can you stop? Else. Like if you like, can you like just build one and just leave it there? I haven't done the experience. I don't think so. I don't believe so. 
I think like there's like the part where you savage. grab things. Yeah, just build like just build the droid and then put it on the conveyor belt to go back in the loop <laughs> yeah. and then you leave. <laughs> yeah. Get the experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you don't actually get to build it, like so you pick your parts and then you go to a worker and the worker like builds it with you. Oh, gotcha. Right. So, mm -hmm. yeah, right. I don't think you can. Well, maybe you can back out, but I think they would just be really unhappy with I you. I don't know. It was <laughs> for me. Um, whenever I like for these kind of like like the lightsaber and the droid, my question is, would I rather a Star Wars Lego set? And the answer was like, you know, actually, maybe I'd prefer another. Lego sets for me is like a baseline, pretty like you know, it's it's Lego sets aren't cheap. They're larger items. They like stay. They last. Um, they're kind of like semi display pieces. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my comparison with them. And I was like, you know, I'd rather go to a Lego store a little bit. But yeah, you know, maybe you won't. Uh, next on our list, Bina's Creature Stall, a shop where plush creatures and critters, uh, from around the galaxy. Um, I, I just gave this like a two, three, something around there, Pablo points wise. I mean, uh, they sold a lot of like very kind of little, uh, younger kid stuff as well as very kind of niche, uh, consumer product. Um, but, uh, but, uh, but. Uh, my uh, uh, my wife actually bought the little magnetic Grogu that people put on their shoulder, so I can't really say anything bad about it because we actually ended up buying something. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, what did you guys think of this place? Yeah, I, it's a, a lot more baby toys than I was expecting. Like yeah. they have like toys that definitely like a nine month old child will hold. Right. Um, so yeah, they were definitely a lot more cute and cuddly creatures than I was expecting. Yeah, if, I would say like two out of ten. If you two like, out of five, sorry. If you like porgs, you can get a variety oh. of porg products oh, there. So many yeah. Porgs. yeah. Um all right, well we got uh Troy Dairy and Toymaker, a workshop with handcrafted toys made by local artisans. Um I gave this a three because I think this is the place where I bought a Sabak card set if I'm not mistaken, um, and possibly some chance dice. I think I got them here as well. So they actually had a few different cool things, but um, I believe they had a Sabak board game set as well. Uh, or sorry, uh, Dejark chess uh, yeah. set as well. And The some, game they play on the... Um, yeah, the Millennium Falcon, yeah. they played on the table. Yeah, so they had that. They had a few things. They had like some, uh, some monkey lizard puppet things that you put on your shoulder. It has a remote. Yeah. You can kind of move it around and stuff. Um, it was all right. It was all right. Did you guys, Josh, did you, did you need a checked bag for all this merchandise you're bringing home? Yeah. We ended up bringing an empty checked bag just oh, to kind of too. like, yeah, Literally. yeah. Wow. But we ended up, it, we ended up maybe, um, not needing a second carry on. Cause I brought a carry on. She brought a carry on. We both had the checked bag thing and we each had a backpack. So it was definitely more than enough luggage space, but it was useful to have just in case. Yeah. Wow. Um, what'd you guys give a you know, score for, for these for these uh, places? This is, so I love board games and I was pretty close to buying the chess set. I wish they had something to explain the rules. Like there was no like ways to like, I, I wanted to see if it was a game I'd actually play and they didn't have a- The rules are in the box. Yeah, yeah I wish before I purchased, they'd be like, hey, here's how you can play. I never learned how to play and I was like, I right. wish they'd like a, here's how long the game is or what kind of game it was or something like that. And I was like, I just, I want to know what kind of game I'm buying. I didn't want to be like, a, I buy a lot of board games and a lot of them are duds and I mm -hmm. want to know what, what it was like. Gotcha. Do you guys have a, anyone have a Pablo score for uh, Venus Creature Stall or Tordarian Toymaker? 
Was I like walk through standard three, yeah. two, three, two. Yeah. Was the toy maker the one where they also like played game with kids? I think so. I think so. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. So that's at the beginning of the um, kind of beginning of the market area. That might be the stall. That might be the Venus creature stall. Yeah. I don't know. I think oh, okay. it was the one where they played the games with you. Yeah. It's one of the two. Yeah. Yeah. Because I will say that was really cool, like, that they were, like, playing the games. And also, when we were there, Chewbacca and Rey were playing games with kids. That was just a fun, immersive Yeah, experience. so they're playing, like, a Star Wars memory game where you have to flip over the things. Oh, see. yeah, that's right. So, um, basically, Chewbacca was, like, with some children playing um, memory with some kids, which was actually really cool. I feel like they wish they did more, like, not character things around. That's kind of neat, actually. I didn't, I didn't see that when I was there, but uh, it's kind of neat that the characters would would stop in at the shops and like do stuff there. So yeah, that was probably the highlight of it. Um, we have two immersive kind of uh, stores that for each allegiance. So there's the first order cargo shop, which is a shop where guests can outfit themselves and their allegiance to the first order. I gave it a two. Resistance Supply, a shop where guests can outfit themselves against uh, the First Order. I also gave it a two. There was a lot of like little kid costume things here. Uh, a lot of lot of younger, like I'm sure it's great for those kids, but there was literally nothing for me. And I spent less than a minute in each of these shops. Okay, they have one kind of cool helmet. Um, they have a Resistance helmet, which is like a, a fighter helmet. Which yeah, I it's cool. I inspected it, and it's almost exactly the same as the Hasbro Black Series helmet except yeah. the only plus side of getting the one in the disney parks is you can't really find the black series one anymore mm. so if you missed out on that you can get it still in the disney parks but yeah it's not the hasbro so one. i thought i like that one slightly more than the um than the, the first order than one. the first yeah. the first order one i just the thing like I, I couldn't i really like wearing my costumes and most other things were for children um and then yeah i don't think and I could not get their binoculars to work. They like had like binoculars. Oh yeah, they had a set of binoculars. Yeah, and I could, I they just did not work. I was, I don't know if it was just my set or I'm dumb or something, but I just didn't no idea. <laughs> okay, so like a three and a two. Um, yeah, I go three point five, two point five. I thought the helmet was really cool. There wasn't much else of the other one, but I really liked the helmet. Right, so maybe yeah. yeah. What about what about you, Darren? Um, just walk through standard. Uh, minimal options, kind of like I said before. No mugs. Feels like you're at a fancy clothing store. It's like, yeah. No, I don't want a robe. Okay, I'll want leave. It was good cover for the rain, though. I think the the first order, um, supply is that, or cargo is that the one that's kind of like on the outskirts? Yeah, that's the yeah. it's the one by the big first order shuttle, like parked in. The, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a big like, not a garage, but like a big opening where yeah. it's really good for when it rains. Yeah. Right across from the milk stand, so right. I can appreciate that. For, yeah, it will rain. Fair enough. Ellen, you got a score for these or just kind of a kind of a walkthrough? Um, yeah, we looked through them. Uh, the first order one had nothing adult when we were there. So yeah. that was like a one for me because I'm not five years old, so nothing would fit. Yeah. Uh, the resistance supply did tempt me a little bit with their tunics. So oh, that's I a good point. Give... Yeah, they did have some tunic I stuff. Forgot there, the yeah, tunic. They, yeah they had, the like, tunics are cool. They had bomber and not jackets as... too badly right. priced those were like 55 so i thought that was more reasonable mm-hmm. um so i would give maybe that one like a three right yeah right all righty then uh second last we got the milk stand a stand where guests can purchase the very famous blue and green milk um i gave this a one 
Um, the actual immersion of the thing was cool, but um, I paid a lot of money for a drink that was maybe the size of a little kitty cup uh, that yeah. they give you water in at a, like a McDonald's or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What is it? What am I thinking of? Is I'm thinking of the McDonald's apple juices or something. Apple juice. That, like the hexagon or like the, the one with all the size yes. on it? Yeah, the one, the tiny, teeny little like transparent the tinfoil cup. lid. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm thinking of one of those. That's like the size it got. It's like it was gone in no time. I will say I was I was really close to buying one. I saw the size and I was like, I I don't know if coconut milk was like that exciting to me, but yeah. I bought I I got the green one. Yeah. And uh, how much is it for milk? Is it six dollars or seven fifty or something? Yeah. It's it's way it's like it's like more than the bottled Coke bottles that you get with the and that's actually a souvenir you can take home. Okay, here, here's my question: um, How's it compared to like butter beer? No comparison. Butterbeer is way better. I mean, okay. uh, like butterbeer is just... Okay, because I was actually kind of beating myself up about not getting the milk. I was not, like, I forgot to get, to get the milk. Not yeah. to mention the butterbeer you actually get more of. Like, you actually get a proper cup, you know. Like also a, still very small, though. Like a like a cup from civilization <laughs> cup, you know. When someone <laughs> says, give me a cup of something, you actually get a cup, not a little sample jar. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I was a bit torn up about the size of it. Um, I was kind of hoping it would actually be like... You know, give give me a cup like what Luke drinks out of. You know, he's got that big, huge plastic thing, you know, leaves the milk stash, uh, whatever. Um, I, I don't know. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. Yeah, milk. Luke was also drinking straight from the tea. I wish, they, imagine if they had one of those where you can just like press a tea and just milk comes out. <laughs> you suck a lot at it. Yeah, yeah. You go to the tea I, wall. I would pay $10 like... for that experience right there. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, absolutely COVID safe. Oh geez, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it was it was okay. The actual flavor of the drink, it, it was like a citrusy kind of milky smoothie thing. Uh, yeah, citrusy is kind of the key element there, which made it kind of weird. But um, it was it was interesting, and I, I, at least I got to say I tried it. I, I paid yeah. more for the 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 bragging rights than I did for the actual like pleasure of drinking the the overpriced. What do you thing. what do you do with that plastic cup when you're done? Well, it's just a normal tiny cup, right? Like it's the kind of so do you keep it, or are you supposed to give it back? No, no, it's like a throwaway. Like it's like a recyclable. Like like if you were to just dig through someone's recycle outside right now, you'd probably find one of these things. Like it's like literally, it's smaller than the solo cup. It's it's like this tiny little sample apple juice cup like that you'd get like you know maybe just a bit bigger than the ones at the dentist that you like oh, s- you know yeah. swish around some fluids <laughs> like <laughs> I, mean, I could go on all day about this uh, but yeah i mean it was it was definitely not great um last thing is black spire outfitters which is an apparel shop to dress like citizens of bat two i give this a zero because they had nothing that i would have bought they were out of stock of all the things i would have bought and I think this is maybe the place that you were. This was at the it, ropes. and yeah. I was I. So they were. I was very close to buying the tunic, the cream colored tunic. But as Josh said, they were out of stock on it. But that's what I wanted. Um, this is also where the one thirty nine um, Jedi robe was that I was kind of annoyed that I was willing to you know sell my soul, and they asked for my soul <laughs> and my firstborn child, and I was like, come on, guys. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was. The stuff there was definitely things that I wanted to look around. Nothing, nothing that I was like, this is this is enough to really get through the. You know, you're paying overpriced stuff, and it has to be like I have like I did buy a number of things at Disney World and stuff like that, and it had to be cool enough to break through the whoa. You really don't need this, and it's way overpriced. Mm-hmm. So it has to be pretty cool. 
Um, and not much really broke through that for me here. So um, just to wrap things up, um, I mean, uh, initial impressions, like maybe we can just start with you, Darian, like kind of like I if you were to can put we, it. Can we do one just quick sweep on what it was like just going through and what your impressions of yeah, yeah, the yeah. land? Because that was probably the biggest thing of being there for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and also mention any souvenirs you bought at Galaxy's Edge. Uh, I'll go first and I'll be quick. Uh, zero suit souvenirs this trip. Um, I did buy like mugs on other trips. Um, and I find galaxy's edge. I honestly don't love it. Like I prefer, I don't know. It, like my favorite is radiator Springs in California by far. I just love how like simple it is and how, I don't know, things from the movie are there. I find galaxy's edge very confusing to navigate. Like you really need to spend time going like, all these shops you were talking about, like you got to spend some serious time like finding them. That's not all just like a natural loop, right? Um, so I would prefer if it was a little more simple. Um, but yeah, no, uh, no merchandise for me on this trip. All right, and yeah. then initial impressions for the park, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or sorry, um, no, yeah, okay, you weren't impressed. No, yeah. um, Ben, uh, sorry. So if I, mean, I can say something here, um, so one thing that is interesting is so Ellen and I have both done Disneyland and Disney World. Is that the layout is slightly different and i would say maybe i know there's not much that disneyland does better but in this one galaxy's edge has one big thing is one is it is laid out a little bit easier it's kind of like a strip with like an offshoot yeah Mm -hmm. so it's easier to navigate the other thing is that so there's two entrances one if you're coming from like fantasy land it's a small world it's a pretty quick like oh you're in star wars like whoa it hits you hard but if you're coming from the other direction, it's like a longer, more gradual immersion, which Ellen can talk a bit more on this. But it definitely, I like going through the other one because I think the way you go into the park is kind of important. And for I'm all about like what it looks like when you're on the street and things like that. And so if you go to the, if you look at the Disneyland map, the walk to it is like a lot more gradual. Ellen, do you want to say anything about that? Yeah. So I would say with Disneyland's, it's, um, all of a sudden there's just hints of Star Wars and then you notice the ship and then you kind of enter into um, Galaxy's Edge where with and then there is that one entrance at Disneyland that is like very stark and you're like oh I'm just here but with Florida especially well Rise of the Resistance line is sometimes so long that it goes out into Muppet land which is quite <laughs> funny um, but it's just a tunnel and they've tried to do a really great job um, but it's just not that long of immersive into it. And then the other way is from Toy Story Land, which is just like giant toy, here's Star Wars. There's like really no connection between the two and mm-hmm. there's no transition. So that's why I think Disneyland is better because there is that transition time and you there's that excitement that builds up like, oh, I am entering into Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Um, for my impression, I think I'm all about just walking around. And I think I we've made a lot of comparisons to Diagon Alley and Harry Potter and Universal because I think that that's probably my gold standard in immersive areas of like... It's kind of the first of its kind though, right? Yeah. Like, like the Wizarding World is really the first of its kind when it comes to full guest immersion. And plus you can also dress up. Yeah. Like know? when I went to Universal, I... So in Diagon Alley specifically, not Hogsmeade, there's one ride which is a good okay ride probably not as good as some of the star wars ones and it was my favorite place to just be because of how cool it was i think star wars kind of did good um did well sorry there's i think my coolest part was one time we were take we were just beside the falcon and chewbacca came up to us and 
started talking and asked me to do a Chewbacca voice, which I, w- I don't know where it came from me, but I, I did it and they asked me to do it again. I could not do it. I was like, I tried so hard. I could not summon the Chewbacca voice. But um, things like that were just my favorite of just seeing, hey, this is this is like it feels living. Um, and the comparison I'd make is my favorite thing about when I was in Diagon Alley is at points they would just have um, like a choir play or they would have um, like a little story from Harry Potter. And this one, they kind of, I wish there was a little more street atmosphere. My favorite thing, actually, Ellen, do you want to tell what happened when Kylo Ren came um, with us? Oh, yes. So Kylo came out and was interrogating people if they knew where the rebel base was. And there was this little like four-year-old blonde girl that Kylo came up to and was like, do you know where the rebel base is? And she's like shaking her head, like shaking in fear. And she's like, no. And he, he like points to her and is like, well, something bad's going to happen to you if you're lying to me. This will not end well. This will not end well. And she just bursts like weeping, (laughs) like uncontrollable. Wow. And then the guy that's playing Kylo is like, this did not go as planned and walked off. And That's this kid amazing. is just left like crying. The mom is trying to and There's like a big her. crowd around him at this point. Cause whenever there's a character, people follow them around. But I think those kind of things are my favorite of just, it feels living. And right. I think I wish there's a little bit more. It's not quite Diagon Alley yet, but I think of all in Disney world, I felt like it felt the most alive. And that's why I kind of liked about it most of all. Any souvenirs between uh, you and Ellen? I think did we buy? I think I might have bought a Christmas ornament before, but it was a bad yeah, thing. not not this time. Yeah, we I bought a few things in the past. Like I've got Christmas ornaments and some mugs from Galaxy's Edge in the past. But yeah, not we've both this been trip. there before, so we have kind of got the mugs and Christmas ornaments. As Ellen family's big on those, but I don't think anything this time. Are you referring to the Coke bottle? Yeah, <laughs> the Coke bottle. <laughs> no, I actually have like the ornament. Like, well, it's. Grogu in his nest. Oh, I know that one. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. a good one. Well, uh, my I, I walked home with the well, I, I came back with the the Coke bottle. I came back with a Sabak card set, a uh, bag of Chance cubes, uh, Chance dice that is, and um, I got some souvenirs for some other people. I got a lightsaber belt clip for someone, and then I got um, a little Yoda bust for for someone else who requested that while I was there. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I didn't really find much. And, and I think the immersion and my experience at Wizarding World was just actually like a lot better. Uh, and uh, like you said about the transition of going into the park, I feel like Wizarding World, King's Cross Station, the whole nine yards, the Hogwarts Express taking you from one park to the other, perfect. You know, it's, it's as good as it could be. And uh, there's just like a lot more kind of there to do and experience and, and things that aren't really roughing up that situation the flow is nice it feels familiar you've seen it in the movies you know you're able to like know where things are you're able to costume up and use the wands and do whatever you got to do to like actually like make it feel like you're in the wizarding world so I, I i much prefer that experience and i just tallied up my numbers of all the different scores and it averages at 3.2 pablo points out of all the things that i gave a score so i'm really kind of like in the middle of like you know it was cool but is it like a must to do thing um in a lifetime like maybe if you really like want to go the extra mile like you know go to florida whatever you know it's 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 fun uh but yeah i don't know i wouldn't say like every star wars fan needs to experience it i would say like you know there's definitely other things that you can do with your money to experience different star wars things that would make you just as happy but it was still really cool um 
Yeah. So uh, thank you all for coming back on the show. And I guess uh, Ben, Derry, and Ellen will catch you in another one. See ya. Bye. All right, and for those of you at home, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, as usual, if you can uh, throw down a five-star rating for us, share the show with a friend, just like Darian, all the strangers on the uh, on the airplane. I mean, uh, <laughs> gotta hit the <laughs> all audiences, right? Um, but yeah, that would that would be great. It helps the algorithms, helps people find the show, and uh, you know, we got a few things planned on the sh- on the podcast before Andor's coming out right around the corner if you haven't had a chance to check out saw guerrero what happened definitely do that we got one plan for mon mothma the politics of the war and it's going to be great we'll catch you in the next one and may the force be with you